Hello and welcome back to Pageants and Prosecco. Happy fall. It's the first week of fall or second week of fall right now and it's the end of September and hopefully someone is waking up. Haha, <laughs> get it? Just kidding. I am kind of lame like that but it's the end of September and September marks a yearly um, awareness campaign for ovarian cancer. And one of my biggest platforms as a pageant contestant and as a woman who dealt with ovarian issues, I am always an advocate for ovarian cancer and ovarian cyst awareness and making sure that women are getting checked, they visit their gynecologist, they know what's going on with their uterus, their pelvis area, um, your ovaries, your uterus, your fallopian tube, your vagina, all that, your cervix, all that is vital to who we are as women and our breast. And sometimes we tend to overlook our own health while we focus on helping others. So I just want to spend this episode talking about ovarian cancer, ovarian cyst. I'm going to tell you my story with ovarian cyst, if you haven't heard it already. And I hope you guys learned something new. It's a quick episode, so stay tuned and get educated. So get your glass and let's enjoy the ride. Let's begin. And so in full disclosure, I am drinking a margarita on this fine Sunday that I'm recording this simply because it was still in my refrigerator and I was trying to clean out. You guys know how on Sundays is cleaning day. So I had this jug of pre-made um, Jose Cuevo margarita mix. So I might as well just finish it so I can just throw it away because it's a little bit left in the container and my mother would hate that to see a little bit of juice left in the container so that's what I'm sipping on today instead of my usual wine but going into ovarian cancer and ovarian cysts so just to tell you guys this is kind of my background with ovarian health disease and awareness and to begin with I'm also an advocate for heart disease as well for the same reason so when I was in high school I was a junior in high school I was running track, and I was really good, you know what I'm saying? Getting all these medals, winning. I, was, I did 100 and 200 in sprints, sore sprints. Coach used to force me to do the 400-meter dash, and that's not really a dash. It's like a long sprint. Jeez. But anyway, one day, I had some crazy pain in my pelvis area. Crazy, crazy pain. Like, what the heck is going on? So it was a few days that it lasted, and I was like, to my people, we went to the hospital to check it out because I was it was a lot of pain. That's all I remember that it was like a lot of pain. Like at one point, I could barely even like stand up. 
So that maybe it was like an appendix. Kind of find out. The doctor told me I have like a cyst and they want to take it out that night. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, what is this? What is this cyst? You're not going to just dig into me today. We just walked in here and now I need to go into surgery. Like, we're not about to do this. So we went and got a second opinion from a gynecologist, a female gynecologist who's in the family and she's African-American as well. Uh, Dr. Elam. That's who I've been working with up well until now, since then. And so she told me what's going on. She says ovarian cyst and that's on my right ovary. So pretty much what a cyst is and how it is formed. So you guys know we have two ovaries, a left one and a right one. And it has all the eggs that we're ever going to have, probably like a million eggs since like we were in the feet, in the womb. And so each month, and one egg comes out from one of the sides. So only six eggs are released ultimately from one side of your ovaries, right? So every time an egg is released out of my right ovary, the egg comes out, but also I guess more estrogen and more extra stuff comes out too. All that extra stuff after a while, you know, every other month builds up together and clumps up together and clumps up together and clumps up together. And then, boom, fast forward a year later, a cyst is there. So it's just extra cells that clump together, um, that overreact and clump together. Ultimately, like a tumor, an overactive group of cells. So it's ultimately a benign tumor as opposed to a cancerous one, a malignant one. But it's harmless. She said it has texture like a potato. <laughs> And the first one I got was small. It was like six centimeters in diameter. She said it was like a plum. But your ovary, it's like the size of a walnut. So your ovaries are really small. And so this was like a plum. So it's bigger than an ovary. And she said that my fallopian tube wrapped around and cut itself off and suffocate. No blood. It was all bad. So we're like, okay, go ahead, take it out. Boom, gone. Fast forward two years, it comes back. And this time it comes back even bigger. It's so big. I'm in college at this point. People think that I'm pregnant. And they really, you know, wanted to know, you know, who I was talking to. That was what the main question was. And I was a sophomore at this time. And so it was big. Like, you could see it. I looked like I was six months pregnant for real. And I believe it had two gallons or two liters of fluid in it. And it was huge. And But you can, when I laid on my back, you could see my stomach would go flat. And then right over the pelvis was like a little lump. And my people were like, were you in pain? I'm like, no, you know, it, it hurt at all. I mean, honestly, I didn't even know how big it was. I thought I was just gaining a tummy from eating in college. So I knew the cyst was there, but I didn't realize that that was the cyst. And I guess it had got so big that I was like pushing on my other organs. It's kind of disgusting to think about. So boom, obviously that has to come out. And so it has to come out because it's filled with solids. Typically... Some cysts are filled with liquid. So people get cysts all the time. You just don't recognize it. You probably won't know. But they dissolve. They come and go because they dissolve because they're filled with liquid. When it's filled with a solid, that solid can't go nowhere. So that's why it has to come out. So then we got to go the second time. I had to get cut, almost like a C-section scar. It was I was down for so long. I couldn't even walk. Oh, I was so miserable. I couldn't laugh. Anything that you need to do with your stomach, I could not do. It was awful. And it was summertime. I had to like walk with the cane because I literally couldn't walk. And then my ass would tighten up. Ugh, then I'll be stuck, like frozen. <laughs> I would have to go get the neighborhood kids. Like, come over here and help me walk back to the house. 
it was a mess it was a mess so then she's like okay if it comes again they can't keep cutting on my stomach i'll have to get my ovary taken out i'm like oh gosh what the heck boom fast forward now it's back today to this day we noticed it like two years ago i believe in january but at one point it was getting smaller and i'm not in any pain it hasn't gotten any bigger and so what i've been doing since the first time we found it was take birth control and since then i've stopped taking birth control because of um just like my personal beliefs on it and i just felt like it just didn't seem natural to me and it wasn't really being used, you know what I'm saying, in any other type of way. It wasn't necessary. So I was like, I don't really need to take this. I'll just be a woman and toughen it up. Because I was taking it for the pain initially, and it did help the pain. But now, since it's, since that first one was gone, I don't have pain. So the third one I have on me is on the same side. It's on the right side. They want to remove the ovary. So if anything happens to it or if it gets bigger or if it starts ultimately, unfortunately, God forbid, bursts, then we might have to consider those options. But for now, I've been doing good. Um, I don't take any medicine for it. I feel fine. I don't even remember that it's there sometimes. Um, but sometimes if I do like overwork myself, like if I do a lot of uh, deadlifts in the gym or sometimes like back activities or something, I don't know. Sometimes I might feel it. But then sometimes I wonder if it's just like a placebo, like if I'm just feeling something just because I know something's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? <laughs> but that's why I want to encourage people to know what's going on with your, you know, your vagina area, like all of it, your entire pelvis area, your ovaries, your cervix, your fallopian tubes, your vagina your womb just like your uterus make sure everything is good because you don't know what you don't know you know and so as women i just want to encourage us to go to doctors and get our pap smears and although it's gonna be uncomfortable it's like duck lips entering you um just know it's for the good you know guys have to get a finger up their butt so this isn't that bad Uh, i will also try to find a gynecologist that you trust I told you Maya's a family. Uh, I think she, I don't know if she's a friend or a relative. You know how those distant cousins and aunties be. You'd be like, okay, sure, I guess, I guess. But um, she's cool, and I trust her. I've been going to the same one since then. She keeps it real. She tells me what I got going on, and she's honest. So I would try to find a gynecologist that you trust, you know, because they got to go. They got to know you intimately, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> find somebody that you trust. And 22,240 women will receive a new diagnosis of ovarian cancer. And 14,000 women will die from ovarian cancer about a year. So ovarian cancer, you, you don't really know because you assume it's typical PMS problems. You know, the pain that we get when our periods come, the cramping, the lack of sleep, the inability to want to have sex, loss of uh, sex drive. Typical things that we experience, you know, on a bad Tuesday, sometimes that might be something deeper. And women delay going to a doctor because they just brush it off, take ibuprofen, be strong like we usually are. But sometimes you might need to lend on other people. Just go to a doctor. Just make sure that you're good. You know, just make sure that you're good. I wish a doctor was used to prevent as a preventive measure instead of a how do we fix this measure, you know. So 
prevent something in the future. Make sure you're eating right. Make sure you're eating food that's going to nurture your womb area, your leafy greens, your omega-3s. Um, fish is also good. That's omega-3s. But it's the leafy greens and the less intake of sodium that's going to help us in the long run and try to adopt a different lifestyle. I'm considering going vegan slash pescatarian because I just feel like I don't know what to trust anymore and I'd rather just stick with the vegetables and the fish because that's kind of what I do. I actually right now have Brussels sprouts and salmon cooking as I'm recording this podcast. And even if you eat the same things, as long as it's healthy and you're getting your little uh, nutrients from it, who cares if you eat the same thing? I, when I am pageant training, I typically go for Brussels sprouts, salmon, and sweet potatoes as an everyday meal because it tastes good. You can cook it in a thousand different ways. You can cook it on in the stove, on top of the stove. You can boil it. You can steam it. You can bake it. The salmon, same thing for the salmon, you know, so it's different ways to cook the same thing. So don't feel ashamed if you got to eat the same food because they taste good and you don't know what else is out there just yet because I'm getting there too so it's a journey you know what I'm saying it's a journey <laughs> so ovarian cancer accounts for about two percent of cancers in women it's the 11th most common cancer among women and ovarian cancer is the fifth leading cause of cancer related death so it usually comes like early but you won't find it until that stage three stage four that's why I want you to go to doctor because what you're dismissing could be something deeper. Like I said, a woman's lifetime risk of developing invasive ovarian cancer is 1 in 79. And then the risk of dying from there is 1 in 109. And you can get it in any range as long as you have ovaries, you can ultimately get ovarian cancer. And so people I've read about recently are dying in their 20s, you know, having ovarian cancer but you can get it up till you know the average age of 60 and um with ovarian cysts like i have sometimes those can turn cancerous after menopause the survival rate is about five years or less if it's caught early enough and just make sure you you guys know what's going on with your numbers when it comes to your heart your cholesterol, your blood sugar levels, your heart rate, and ovarian cancer. Make sure you know what, first of all, you need to know your biology, like of your body. I feel like people don't know that sometimes. Like know how your body works, know how your body works, know how the woman's body works. And know like, you know, kind of get down to a science. You can kind of track your periods you know make sure you prepare for your periods don't don't let your periods pop up on you if it's popping up on you then maybe something's going on but you should know like okay my period is coming in 32 minutes (laughs) because you're able to you know your body in 2015 um 21,429 new cases of ovarian cancer were reported and 13,000 women died of ovarian cancer for one every 100,000 women 11 new cases are reported and seven die. And, you know, cancer as a whole is the second leading cause of heart di- of death in the United States. And the first leading cause of death is heart disease. And one in every four deaths in the U.S. is cancer-related. So this is why I am so 
adamant about women knowing their bodies. You got ovarian cancer and you have breast cancer that's in heart disease that's killing us off. And we are women. We need to be here because who's going to take care of these men and these kids if it's not us, right? So that's my two cents. I'm going to go ahead and step down off my uh, horse. But really, really, really try to go visit your doctor Find a gynecologist, an OBGYN, and just say hi, you know, and get to know more about your body. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because it's unique to us, you know. This is a female organ and makeup. This is kind of this is kind of good to know. And how are you gonna tell your daughters about their bodies if you don't know what's going on with your bodies, you know? And yeah, make sure you stay around for them too. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and watching, listening to all the episodes, watching (laughs) all the episodes on this podcast. Please, if you can, if it doesn't kill you, subscribe and review this podcast so other people can find it and get in tune just like you. I hope today's episode was beneficial to you and that I opened myself up to you and you know a little bit more about me and the reason why I do really anything in life, you know, pageants and just my personal agenda. And I hope you guys learn something new and that you really, really go see a doctor and just go know to make sure that you are good because you just don't know, you know. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And until next episode, I will talk to you later. Cheers. <laughs>